Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've uh, been putting together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes and perspectives, as well as other people's takes and perspectives on what's going on in the stock market. And also share with you some of my own uh, personal uh, thought processes that I use to make my own investment decisions. The goal here is hopefully you can take some nuggets of information from here and bring them back into your own personal circumstance to help you make better, more successful investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And what I do as an investment coach is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem for most people is when they start looking at investing and the whole buying and selling of stocks and ETFs, they either get really frustrated, get really intimidated, or just get confused by the whole process. They either don't know where to start if they're new to investing, or they've been investing for a long period of time but just aren't seeing their portfolios make any traction. Uh, So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and and achieve it with confidence. So today this is uh, the third part of a series of podcasts that I've been doing uh, where I've been walking through my investment decisions that I made in the month of March. And in the previous two episodes, I walked through uh, investment decisions that involved um, selling uh, shares in my portfolio, certain stocks or ETFs in my portfolio, as well as uh, in the last episode, I talked about my uh, investment decision to buy shares in big lots. And today's the third part and the final part of this little little mini-series. And today I'm going to walk you through uh, my thought process that I went through to ultimately decide to buy shares in Southwest Airlines, ticker symbol L-U-V. As I said, the whole point of these uh, these, uh, episodes is to kind of give you some flavor and some context of how you you go about making investment decisions. And a lot of it, for a lot of people who've who've been listening to a lot of these type episodes that I've been doing in the past or following my blog on my website, um, you'll know it's a very kind of repetitive, iterative process. And it involves asking the same basic questions uh, for every company that you're analyzing. And uh, essentially what I'm going to do is just try to answer those eight questions that that I've defined as questions that help me uh, have a good idea of what a company is all about, what they do, who they sell to, uh, how well are they actually making money, and the risks associated. Because these are the key questions you really need to answer yourself. And you can, a- if you can answer them and put them all kind of together in context, you should have a pretty decent idea if you're going sh- if you should go ahead and buy the stock or kind of park it maybe or just run for the hills and avoid it like the plague. So today I just want to jump into my investment decision to buy Southwest Airlines and. The first question I always ask myself uh, when I'm looking at a company and looking at a stock is, is what do they do? What do they sell? What is their value proposition? What makes them unique compared to other similar companies that sell a similar product in, in their industry? So Southwest Airlines uh, is a stock. This is my second time I've bought into Southwest Airlines. I bought it early in 2016, and I was able to um, generate a pretty decent return. I made about 26% holding the stock, uh, return holding the stock. So it was a pretty good 
investment decision that I made. And it's interesting that after I sold it, um, it came out that uh, Warren Buffett uh, had taken a a material stake in uh, had bought shares in, in in Southwest as well as a bunch of other airline stocks. He he seemed to be quite intrigued with it. So it was interesting. Uh, and the stock after I sold it kept going up because of that. Had, a, had an additional. Um, jet stream, I guess. Sorry, excuse the pun. So, you know, hey, and I guess at the end of the day, great minds think alike. Uh, not. Uh, so, this is my second time into it, and because I knew a little bit about the history, you know, I've, I've done this this type of analysis already with Southwest. When I started to look at it again, it was it was a much quicker analysis because I'd already done a lot of it. It was just a lot of it was just brushing through some notes. But uh, anyway, for the purpose, I just want you to get a feel for the thought process and uh, of how you go about analyzing these companies. So, first question is, what do they do? What is their value proposition? And with Southwest Airlines, essentially what they're doing is, you know, they're they're an airlines company, so they you know fly people around. They you know they they have planes and they fly people. Uh, around uh, across mostly uh, in the United States and I think what's different with their value proposition that separates Southwest with other companies other airlines is they view flying as purely a utility just as you would take a bus to go to work or to go to another part of town they are offering a service that basically helps you to get from point A to point B at the most lowest possible cost uh, as possible. So they view themselves as a utility and so the nature of the products that they sell is they they don't have a lot of frills, you know, they don't have like a pre, like first class, you know, economy coach, economy plus. Um, and whatever frills, you know, they don't sell, they don't, you know, give you free pretzels and things like that, you have to buy them. And so basically for all the frills, you have to pay for the frills. and. By doing that, they believe that way they can keep their costs down. So their their emphasis is on low cost and delivering high service, and that's that's the name of the game um, with them. The second question that leads into it is who they compete with, who are their competitors, are there any competitors? Well, in the airline industry, it is a fairly competitive um, space, and you have other similar companies like JetBlue, United Airlines, Delta, very U.S. focused, and Southwest is kind of a, a pioneer in a sense, as they were one of the first few, one of the first originating uh, low-cost airlines, and, and more specifically, a low-cost airline that was profitable. Um, there's been a lot of attempts by a lot of airlines to offer low-cost, uh, low-cost flying experiences, but they just never, they just couldn't make it work. All kinds of issues in terms of legacy costs, overhead, just the capital costs. Because airlines, are, you know, flying planes is a very capital-intensive business. You need a lot of equipment, people, infrastructure to support that mechanism. And then there's the whole regulatory side of it too, because you just have to make sure your planes are up to code and your people are experienced who are flying them. So there's a fair bit of, of competition um, in the space. Third question that I ask is, okay, who's, who buys, who would fly with Southwest Airlines? Who are their customers? Who are their you know, key customers that they go after? Their key customers are, are very much value conscious um, people. Um, they're looking for a good deal and they, are just, they just want to go from A to B. They just don't want to, they're not looking for a great experience. They don't want their seats to fold back. They just want to get on a damn plane and get to where they need to go to. Who are the type of people that would go on it? I think it, it's a cross-section. It would have people 
um, from individuals who are looking to be very, you know, to save money on on travel costs. You're looking at small businesses, uh, small to medium-sized businesses who are looking to keep their costs low. Startups um, who are looking for a real value because they they don't want to spend a lot of their overhead budget on getting from point A to B, point B. They want to keep those costs as as low as possible, so they can redirect their their core investments into the into the fundamentals uh, functions of their business. So, I, I would say small, medium-sized businesses and just value-conscious, very you know price-sensitive um, customers who do that. And that leads into my fourth question: Is okay? These are the people. Um, are they going to fly with Southwest Airlines, you know, once in a blue moon, or are these people? Do they have a critical mass of people who will come over and over and over again to buy their product and to fly with them? Because ultimately, as investors, we want to invest in companies that are generating repetitive business, recurring revenue. It means recurring cash flow, which which flows through the business, which sustains uh, the life of the business. And so, from the perspective of Southwest, yes, they do have a very loyal and devoted following and there is a large group of people that are willing to sh you know shell out nearly sacrifice all the little bells and whistles of the flying experience to just sit down and get in a plane and get to wherever they need to go a lot of times these people who are flying through southwest uh, the way they've set up their airline system is that they fly on a kind of hub and spoke kind of thing their travels uh, the time the flight times are pretty short because um, their distances between locations are very short, so they, you don't go on Southwest Airlines for a seven-hour trip. You're going on there to get, you know, an hour, hour and a half, kind of just shuttle around uh, the region you're you're kind of looking at, and so they have a very loyal customer, and people like that. They love the value proposition that they own, so so that's kind of their customer base on that. So, from all intents and purposes. It's a pretty strong company, has a very unique value proposition. It's very competitive. It's considered one of the league, le uh, league leaders, uh, industry leaders in, in airline flying. Um, has a very loyal customer base, value conscious. That's all great, but the question as investors we want to ask ourselves is, do they make money? And that leads to my fifth question. Um, do these com does this company, the Southwest, well, Southwest Airlines, actually make tangible wealth? And for those of you, you know, the easy answer is just look at their net income. For those of you who have been following my podcasts and my analysis uh, in previous iterations, you know, one of my go-to uh, data points that I always check is return on invested capital, cost of capital, and I compare it with the company's cost of capital. And if the company's got excess returns on invested capital, their return on invested capital is greater than their cost of capital, they're creating tangible wealth, they're creating positive economic profit. And from my experience, Companies that have an ability to generate consistent positive economic profit tend to be more valuable. They will have a premium on their stock price, while companies that cannot earn their cost of capital will be discounted by the market and will have lower stock prices. So when I looked at um, Southwest Airlines, um, the returns on invested capital over the last three years have ranged between 19 and 25%. Meanwhile, their cost of capital has come in consistently around the 10% range. So from that perspective, this company has been is generating positive economic profit, which is what I want to see as an investor. Um, their revenues have kind of been growing. It's, a, it's not a, 
a growth company in the sense. Revenues grow in the single digits, around 4 5% a year, um, which may not be great for, if you're in a growth scene, that may not be great. But again, um, one of my takes is companies with modest growth rates that can generate strong returns on, ca on invested capital tend to be worth more, tend to have a lot more value creation, wealth creation within it. And ultimately that feeds into stock prices at, uh, over the long term. So, um, so Southwest clearly seems to be doing that. And I'll layer that on top of it. They seem to be doing it quite consistently. They've posted almost 48 straight quarters of of profit they've been profitable for 48 straight quarters it's one of the most consistently performing wealth creating companies out there uh, so the question is do they make money yes they do and which is incredible to see because it's really hard to make money in um, in the airlines business because of the high capital costs associated with. So this is a company that's kind of really bucked the trend and not just kind of been a what hit one hit wonder they've been doing it pretty much for most of their existence. So that's their, f you know, are they making money? The next question that I always, that I'll ask is, what do they owe and who do they owe money to? And this is more looking about the financial strength of the company. Is this company financially strong? Is it gonna be able to withstand future shocks in the, in the marketplace and survive? And in order to figure that out, we need to check out a few things on the company's balance sheet, specifically liquidity, debt position and quality of assets. And so when I look at a company's balance sheet, that's what I'm focusing on. So from a liquidity perspective, um, it's pretty strong. Uh, Southwest is in a pretty strong. Um, they have essentially, the easy way to look at it is comparing a company's current assets to their current liabilities um, or comparing the company's cash position to their long-term debt position. Right now, um, uh, Southwest has more cash, has enough cash that they could pay off all their long-term debts tomorrow if they wanted to. So they have a lot of cash in the bank, which is great. They have a pretty solid liquidity position. So um, this company is not going out of business tomorrow. There's no financial stress around it. And ultimately that's great for investors because we want to invest in businesses that are going to be around for a long period of time. Um, that's good. Um, in terms of debt level, it's actually got a very manageable debt equity ratio. It's at about 0.25. So it's a very manageable debt. It's, it is able to service its debt requirements, which is great to see. Uh, as I said, the airline space um, has been notorious for companies uh, having a lot of financial issues. Financial strength hasn't been too great. So uh, Southwest from that perspective is pretty solid in, in, in that side. And then also they are quality of the company's assets, their level of intangible assets like goodwill, intangible assets on their balance sheet. Um, they have very, very minimal amounts of goodwill uh, on their balance sheet. So the quality of their assets is, is very high. It's very strong. And again, that's what we want to see as investors. So when I look at the company's liquidity, I look at their debt level, and I look at the quality of the assets, they all kind of check mark each one of them. So it's very from a financial position, um, this is a very strong business. So this is a company that's making tangible profit consistently, has a strong financial position, and has a very kind of best of breed. It's considered to be a leading uh, player in the airlines industry. So a lot of good check marks there so far with the company. Uh, the next question I have, oh, then I will ask is, what are the risks? Um, what 
what things out there could threaten um, the ability of the company to make money or threaten the business model of the company. Um, there's a few and a lot of them have to do with kind of economic factors. Um, a lot of us are input costs. For example, you know, um, airlines are very dependent on um, jet fuel prices. And so if there was a spike in jet fuel costs, um, that could kind of dampen their input costs, which could potentially impact their profits down the road. Um, one of the things um, Southwest does to mitigate some of these risks is they do a lot of hedging. They, they purchase uh, contracts uh, out in the future to lock in their jet fuel prices at a lower rate. So they have a little bit of cost certainty. They're not dependent upon the whims of the market. Um, so that's one side of it. Um, they tend to use also very cost-efficient um, uh, aircraft. If you notice the the uh, the fleet of Southwest Airlines, they all basically fly. Th it's the same planes, the seven Boeing seven thirty seven, and there's a lot of logic that goes into it. In that, um, it's easier to train pilots to fly any of the planes on the fleet. It's easier to maintain. Um, it's easier to keep their their overhead costs low. So there's a lot of sensitive risks that airline companies face, and Southwest is no different. Um, but they seem to have been generated an ability to manage those risks uh, effectively. As I said, this company has posted 48 qu straight quarters of, of, of profit. And so you can't do that unless you have a very strong management team that is kind of thinking ahead and is managing the business on a long-term successful basis. So um, that's one side of it. The other threat also is from an economic perspective is slowdowns. If there's a slowdown in the economy, economy goes into recession, first thing that uh, companies tend to cut are in terms of overhead is travel costs. And so um, Southwest does face that risk of uh, potentially seeing lower traffic um, in, their, in their planes. That's a risk that all airlines face. But again, given the nature of the Southwest's uh, value proposition, which is low cost, and you know, viewing flying as a utility, it's it's kind of there already. It's kind of positioned itself to be that low-cost uh, carrier that even if things were to slow down, can still provide value to uh, customers who who still, despite you know slowdowns, need to get out and do business and get out to reach people um, from that side of it. So there's risks facing Southwest, but. There are risks that they seem to have done a pretty good job in managing those risks over a period of time. So everything so far looks really good and really, really positive with this company. And it's, it's interesting, like the analysis I did a couple years ago when the first time I owned it and I looked at it now, not a lot of things have really changed in the, in the nature of the business. The company just keeps cranking out great earnings, tangible wealth. It's, a it's still that de deemed to be that um, best of breed um, company in terms of in, in the airline space. These are all good things, but at the end of the day, as investors, we want to find these companies, but we want if we decide to want to buy stock, uh, we want to pay a pretty good price. We want to pay a, a, a discounted price. We want to get a good deal on it because we want to have the potential of, of seeing the stock going up and being able to participate in that stock going up. So when I looked at, the only reason I, I started to look at Southwest was that the stock was trading around in the 70s at one point and uh, I had it, I've had it on my watch list you know, since I sold it and 
the stock kept going up and up and it got up to into the 70s and so i've really kind of looked away from it but over time it looks like the stock has 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 been falling and it's but and it fell to almost um the mid 50s and a lot of it was um i guess the stock just got out of favor and uh Analysts were just not impressed with the uh, with the with the performance, even though it's cranking out profits every every quarter. Um, it just became a little bit out of favor. I could sense that the, the the consensus was very out of favor. So I started looking in terms of valuation, um, and in terms of valuation, when I looked at it on a relative basis, looking at you know forward PE ratios, it's still even though it it fell down into the mid 50s, it's still pretty pricey compared to other airline stocks and uh and on a discounted cash flow basis the valuations were coming in around uh let me see where is this coming around um the valuation came in around it was still around the 50 to 60 50 dollars to 63 dollar range um so in that sense it's still pricey and this time I, I started looking at it was in the 55 range so from my perspective it appears the stock is still kind of expensive. Um, but I think what drew me to it is, you know, one of the things with, with stocks is sometimes, even though you're trying to look for the best deal and try to get the stock as cheap as possible, sometimes you just have to kind of bite the bullet and, and, and buy in at a higher price. And especially if you're going to buy really premium, blue chip, high quality businesses, well-run businesses, um, sometimes they're, they're just going to sell at a premium, a little bit of a premium. And uh, that's okay because, you know, reasons why Buffett goes into these type of stocks is he's not investing it to flip it in three months. He's looking to buy a stock and hold it for, for long periods of time, decades if he has to, um, to, to get the value and get that appreciation out of it. So when I looked at the stock at $55, I thought, yeah, it's a bit pricey, but considering it was trading in the 70s and it's down in the 50s valuations coming in around at the most around the 60 level mid 60s I thought you know what maybe there's some opportunity here uh, maybe this is an opportunity to jump in and buy a really great high quality business uh, at, a, at a discounted price it may not be at a great discount a ludicrous discount but it's a discount nonetheless and uh, and hold that for a while and run with it for a while so when the stock hit around the $55 level I uh, I jumped in and uh, to me it was a good time to jump in and so what I did is I bought a small position in Southwest Airlines and really with the baseline that if the stock were to fall even further because you know the market crapped out or just you know bad fund fundamentals perceived fundamentals um, changed uh, I would just buy in more and buy some more uh, as it uh, goes down because to me this is to me is like a, it's a best of read business. It's a high quality business. It's got really solid management behind it. And it's demonstrated that it knows how to create profit. And it's also demonstrated that it's able to manage a very risky, um, there's a risky, it operates in a very risky regulated environment. And it's demonstrated that it can, it can manage through that. And uh, so to me, I thought this was a great opportunity to jump back in. As I said, I've owned it before and it was a good experience. And I thought, hey, here's an opportunity to buy it uh, again. And hopefully it'll be uh, a similar experience. And so that's my decision. So that's, that's pretty much what I did. And that led me to uh, buy shares of Southwest Airlines. 
If you want, you can actually see, I wrote this up also, you can, if you go to my website, sageinvestors.ca, and go to the blog page, you will see I have my write-up also here for Southwest Airlines, and I also have a mind map video where I kind of scratch out some of the key points uh, of my uh, analysis, so you can check that out. There's a little video there on the website too. So that's what it is. That's what, it, <laughs> that's what it is. It is what it is. If you have any questions about this, about the analysis, about the approach, um, feel free to reach out to me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Hit me with an email there. I'd be more than happy to reach out to you. Um, if you have any questions, you can find me on my Facebook page, um, Sage Investors, and you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. I'm on there all the time tweeting uh, about you know takes I'm you know offering my takes about what's going on in the market sharing with you some content from some other really cool people uh, that I follow uh, in the investing side who really know their stuff about it um, if you yeah if you want to do that you uh, be more than happy to answer any questions I also do an email once a week I send an email out every Wednesday morning um, that uh, when I'm posting new content on my website, blogs, podcasts, videos, I put out an email out there letting people know, but I also share with people some of what I'm personally reading um, in, in the investing world and what I'm kind of tapping into to help me make my own investment decisions. So if you're interested, you can uh, subscribe, just go to my website, just drop your email and uh, get on my mailing list. And I send those out every Wednesday morning. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. So this is the end of my series here on all my investment decisions that I made in March. I uh, hope you find them valuable. Key thing also I just want to take away that, you know, I'm talking a lot about stocks and decisions that I've made um, to buy Southwest, to buy big lots, to sell shares. Um, the point of why I'm sharing this to you is to be very transparent. Um, as I said, I'm a person who teaches people how to make investment decisions. And I believe strongly it's one thing for me to teach people how to do this stuff, but it's another thing to actually practice it and model the behavior and model, model the actions. So what I want you to take away from this is not, okay, he bought Southwest Airlines, I'm going to go buy it too. I want you to take away the thought process that having that framework for how you frame your investment decisions is really what successful people who are really good at investing do. They have a methodology, they have an ideology, and they execute it religiously. And it's very iterative. And as hopefully you can see, it's a very iterative, repetitive kind of process. So um, definitely I'm going to stick, you know, putting a disclaimer out here. I'm not recommending you go out buy Southwest Airlines. I'm just sharing with you how I came about doing it and in uh, the process trust the process and the logic and the framework is really what, what I'm what I'm sharing with you on that side um, so that's all I got for you this week thank you very much for listening again um, you can find all my podcasts on my website sageinvestors.ca or you can go on iTunes do a search for Sage Investors, or you can go on Google Play. We're on the Android world side now, too. So you just do a search for Sage Investors, and you can access all my podcasts through there as well. It's a new thing we're doing right now. So thank you very much again for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>